Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. Welcome everyone to episode three of Thrash and Treasure Podcast, where the metal world and the musical world collide head on in the guise of me, Gareth, and that man over there, Aaron. How are you, Aaron? G'day, how's it going? Going great over here. How is how is the, the world? Because you're the world of metal, and I'm the world of musical. How's the world of metal this week? I am slowly dying inside. <laughs> I think on that, should we start with you? I think we should start with you. Start with the Broadway? Yeah. Okay, we'll start with metal. I know you're eager to hear my review. No, I'm not. Ah. Because I don't care what you think. But fuck you too. <laughs> We started with, I think we started with metal last week, so we'll we'll go to Broadway this week. And we're not even just going to Broadway, we're going to Broadway via Canada. A- yep. As usual, I had no idea about this show. Nope. Never never heard of it before. It wasn't until I I didn't even look into it. I, I, I did eventually, but I just listened to it and I thought, just going to put it on and off we go. And the show is called Come From Away. Yep, just about some average islanders in Newfoundland. Newfoundland. An average day. It just, uh, this is the first thing, because I've always thought it was Newfoundland. Of course you did. And apparently I've been saying it wrong, because when you're from Newfoundland, it's Newfoundland, which is up there in a little island. Welcome to the rock off the off the coast of Canada. And I put this on and Welcome to the Rock was the first song. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's kind of musical and that's quite catchy. And I liked that. And then, oh, good. And then it began. And this is, I'm just going to put it right out there right now. This is one of those musicals where I i could see everything. It was such a, the songs are such that it's very visual. Having said that, there is a fair bit of dialogue on the album. So it's not just song, no dialogue. There is a fair bit of spoken dialogue in between the songs and, and that sort of thing. And I'm thinking, okay, what's the song about Newfoundland at an airport? And there's a bunch of planes coming in. I'm going, okay, this sounds kind of cool. Oh, my God, did you really? I had no, I tell you, I had no idea what this was about. I put it on my phone. I put my headphones in and I went for a walk, which is kind of what I do. Yep. And I'm walking in the sunshine and I'm listening to all these lovely songs and the penny dropped. It did yeah, the penny did drop. The penny dropped. <laughs> the penny dropped. And this musical is about 9-11. And it was making me laugh at the start, because it's actually quite funny. In the middle of a laugh, then they drop something really heavy on you and then and you feel quite sad. You suddenly realize, oh shit, what am I listening to? What am I listening to? I had that moment too. Though I didn't when the planes landed, I wasn't thinking, oh cool, I was thinking, oh, God, what's happening? Well, they were landing, not crashing, so I was okay with that. I was a divert. They got diverted. No, I wasn't. <laughs> this was all too familiar for me. I mean, you're on the other side of the country, so it was maybe 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night for you, but on this side, the rest of us were in bed, mm. or everyone was in bed, but I was 16, mm. and I was out of school by that point because I was a bit of a, a punk, a bit of a delinquent. I got Yeah, so I was on the computer and mm. the TV was on in the background and I remember it switched over to the news. Right. So I sat there by myself at 16 years old watching that unfold. Oh. Like I even then oh. went, ran down, woke my mum up and said, shit, something's going on. You know, there's right. smoke coming out of a building in New York. And as we sat down, the second plane went in and we sat there all night watching that. And it was just, I don't need to go into it again, but 
my eyes were were very much open then. Things like that beforehand were documentaries. They were third world countries. They didn't happen in our countries. There goes my world, my innocence and stuff. So personally, I've always had a bit of a connection. Well, not really a connection, but always felt my heart's always been with 9-11 and what happened because I watched it as soon as it switched over and I watched yep. it all night. And so as soon as the planes landed on this album, I had some inkling that, oh, something's going on here. It was all too familiar. And as soon as they said 9am Tuesday, September 11, 2001, my body washed over. The tears mm. started and they did not stop until the very end. And I left the CD <laughs> or the, the album played through again. Yep. And I just cried through it again for a second time. <laughs> and I just thought, wow, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. No, sorry, I'll let you yep. continue. Just very, very different reactions there when those planes landed from, oh, cool. What's going on? It's a party. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the 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 penny, the what it was. Yeah. How come there's all these planes coming to Gander? Yeah, the penny did drop and I thought, oh, okay. And there's some, because there's a lot of quite funny songs in here yeah. and there's some funny dialogue. Yeah, there is. There's a piece really early on, which is, it's unint- well, it's not really unintentionally funny, but it's so much funnier post-pandemic or middle of a pandemic, which is they, they're asking for food and can we have some bedding down here and can someone take some toilet paper to the Lions Club? And then further on, there's like, please, we don't need any more toilet paper. And that just absolutely made me crack up because I'm thinking, you know, here's this massive disaster on 9-11 and they go straight to toilet paper. Yeah, we get a we get a global pandemic and everyone all of a sudden goes, do we need do we need food? Do we need petrol? Do I need a gun? No, I need toilet paper. So it's yeah, that just that made me laugh harder than it probably should have. I remember this is a town of seven thousand people, mm. and they had thirty eight planes land, which is yep. about seven thousand people. Yeah. So the town literally doubled yeah. on that day overnight. But anyway, I'll let you. Yeah, and it's a true story. Yeah, and it's a true story. Like this actually happened. So you could read about all these people in the musical, which I'm sure you fell down that rabbit hole. So many rabbit holes. I knew you would. And you said to me last week, we'll make next week's a short episode. And I thought, <laughs> no, I've given him the rabbit hole. There's a rabbit. There is, even even without going down the rabbit hole, it tells such an amazing, because it's an amazing story and it's a true story of this little, not even a little airport. Now, the reason they chose the airport, which and I didn't know any of this. I knew planes got diverted, but I didn't realize a whole ton of planes got diverted to, to Gander, Newfoundland, because it used to be a pre-jet aeroplane this was where long flight long haul flight planes landed to refuel so that they could you know get to europe and that sort of thing so it's transatlantic trans there you go transatlantic so all the big names stopped there like elvis the queen all the big names there was sinatra and muhammad ali and all these guys which is quite amazing that there's still this there's this tiny little town but it's still got this airport that could land a 747 and something like that which was which is pretty it's pretty amazing and it's it's an incredible story and it's there's parts in it that's really really sad and there's songs in it that are sad and I didn't burst into tears oh. but there was um there was one part where I had a had the odd lump in the throat yeah. and there's you know people calling home and saying they're okay and there's a mother looking for her son who's a first responder and oh, he's, a, he's and she's real all those people are real yeah 
I know. And if they're not directly real, if like, if their story isn't directly told on stage, they're an amalgamation. Yep. Like there's a few people in one or something. There's a cast of 12 people playing something like 70 mm. characters across the whole show. Mm. Uh, yeah, Hannah. So her, it's a spoiler alert, but her son spoiler. was a real firefighter in New York. Yeah, so it is really sad. It's heartbreaking hearing her through that whole show mm. singing that she's stuck here and she should be in New York yep. looking for him in the rubble. And, you know, to think that out of out of all sorts of tragedies and all that that's happened in the world, they could have just told a direct story, a direct retelling of 9-11, but they didn't. They found something that happened in the world that, quite frankly, is just as, if not more, relevant to the world today mm. than it was 20 years ago when you look at what we're in today. So it's part of why I picked it, but also to trick you into liking a musical where they sing about needing toilet paper and tampons <laughs> and stuff like that, because I know you don't like story-driven songs. That is, oh, I, and I was listening to this, and that was going through my head. And I thought, last week, I just turned around to Aaron and said, this damn thing, this musical is everything I had about musicals. It's all story-driven, and I, I really don't. And I'm sitting there You going, shouldn't have said it. You should not have said it, or I wouldn't have chosen Come From Away this week. I set myself up. You set yourself right up. <laughs> I set myself up to fail, so. Pew, pew. And it really is. It's, it's story-driven, and it's done such a way. There's the sad stories, and then there's... There's a lot of fun as well of the, you know, there's, they throw in, and I think one of the reasons I probably liked it was there's, there's a fair bit of folky squeeze box music going on. And I, and I, I kind of like that. Very toe tapping. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's like the heave away when they're in the, they're in the bar and everyone's kind of just letting their hair down and relaxing and go, we just got to let the stress and release and that sort of thing. Even everyone's getting blind drunk basically and skinny dipping. They are. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting smashed and um, kissing the, kissing the cod. Pushing fish. <laughs> which, which is hilarious. That's a tradition in Newfoundland. It's called a screech and you've got to have a, a shot of rum. Some terrible drink yep. that. It's called screech. And then you kiss a cod. And you do that while wearing a fisherman's slit yeah. and hat. Mm. And then you become an honorary Newfoundlandia. Yes. And like now everyone wants to go to Newfoundland <laughs> just to do that. I was thinking. Look, I was thinking the same thing. It does make you want to go there, doesn't it? It makes you want to be part of the fun. It's just the energy in the song. I want to. I want to go there. Kiss a cod wearing a wearing a raincoat. Sure, it's not like that in real life. Like you said, they've taken the you know the the story of nine eleven. Tell me, you you know you're going to make a Broadway musical about nine eleven, and you oh, go, well, Godfathers. Okay, either you're an asshole, yeah, or you've you know, yeah, that's it. What, it's going to be it's going to bomb. Pun not intended. Because you, you just can't make something good out of that. But like you said, they found this story from another part of the world directly connected and they made this they made this amazing musical. It really flows so well and it's I was gripped. It's only one act too, so it does flow really, really well. Yeah. I saw it in Melbourne last year. Mum actually bought tickets for nine eleven because she thought if there's any night to go, we'll go that yep. night, which maybe a little bit crass. But she thought there might be speeches or something. And considering we had sat there all night together watching it. Mm. But we should have gone the next night because all these people were taken in on the 12th of September. They'd actually spent, ah. so a lot of them spent 28 hours yeah. on the planes, yep. stuck on the tarmac. All these planes lined up. Mm. So they didn't know where to put them. So yeah. they celebrate the anniversary on the 12th. 
um, obviously, and they had them all on the bus and there was a whole language barrier with a lot of them. And there's a beautiful moment in the show where the man has a Bible in his hand and they don't understand each other. And the driver mm. says, show me your Bible. And yep. he points out a passage and they realize mm. they speak the same language. I mean, not literally. They're able to meet on that level. Obviously, things deteriorate and, you know, stress and stuff like that in that time. There's a bit of infighting. So, yeah. basically, they all get drunk. They don't shy away. There's a couple of Muslims on the planes and they do sort of, they do talk about one specifically. And and I was I was a, a bit surprised and really impressed on how they, they dealt with that. Yeah. And it was actually, and it wasn't comfortable. And it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. But they did it really, it was really tastefully done. Getting across a message is not comfortable. No. And there was, and I can't remember the character's name. And she says, you know, I'm from, well, I'm a Muslim too. And I was born in North Carolina. It wasn't North Carolina, but, you know, somewhere like that. And what do you mean? I'm not American. I was born here. So yeah. it, they didn't lay it on heavy, but it was there. And they kind of dropped it and went, there it is. You know, you've, you've got to kind of deal with this stuff too. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, and that build-up of tension leads the locals to say, let's get everyone to the pub. Let's go to the pub and get hammered. Got to get hammered. Obviously, not everyone has a good time mm, there. No. And there's so many great characters. And they're real people too. So Yeah, I mean, Ke- Kevin and Kevin, that's just fa- that's just made me laugh out loud when you said, "We're, you know, I'm Kevin and that's my boyfriend, Kevin, and it was kind of cute for a while. And I just, that just made me crack up. I was like, that's fantastic. That's why I'd never date an Aaron. <laughs> That, and it's a stupid fucking name. What were my parents <laughs> thinking? Like they, they weren't thinking. They literally mm-hmm. opened up the baby name book and saw the first name, A-A. double yeah, A at the top. The All right, we'll go with that one. Like, it was laziness. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that was such a genuinely funny part as well when the the guy from Newfoundland and he says, oh, where are you from or where are you from? And, you know, you're from Texas and you're from England. How does, How does your marriage work? How does your marriage? We're not married. Oh, and it's just the it's the it's the coolest. He was just being so yeah. polite. And, don't uh, don't spoil it. Yeah. No, I know. No, no, I don't want. I don't want to spoil it for all the people that are going to rush out and, and listen to it now that they've heard this. So yeah, go out and see it based on your glowing review. But what blows my mind is like this actually happened. Like there are actually good people in this world. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're all in Newfoundland, but they're there. They're there. That was it. Was the story of the town, and they and again early on in the piece, and they were saying, you know, how many beds have you got? And we go, okay, we've got four hundred. Okay, uh, can you fit six hundred? Sure. Uh, you know, can you fit seven hundred? And they go, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when? Right. You know, any time. And it was it was that case of can you guys do it? And they go, well, yeah, we have to. We've got no choice. We're just going to make it work. And that's and that's what the people did. They just made it work. Uh, like you said, the ta- the size of the town doubled overnight. They didn't get on Twitter and complain. <laughs> I t- let's just have this small mercy that there was no Twitter. Yes. In in two thousand and one, and and thankfully there wasn't. There was enough stupid written about nine eleven after the fact that without Twitter, there was. We yeah. don't need that. But I'm I'm just gonna say I absolutely love this. If I get a chance to see this show, I will go and see this show. And I have never said that about a musical apart from the Book of Mormon, which doesn't count. And I I did notice it's not coming to Perth yet, but anything can happen. If I'm in if I'm in Melbourne or Sydney when it's playing, really, I will yeah, I will go and see the show, and I will take anyone who's who's listening to go and, to go and see it. It's a little show that could like it really is, mm. but those cast members work their asses off. They really do because they're like you said, there's twelve people and they're paying 
playing like 70 characters yep. and they swap and change so effortlessly. That yep, all through it. Just it's it's just amazing. Yeah. And it's just a turntable. Like it's just a very simple set which I'm not totally big on mm. uh, the bands on stage. It's not like Hello Dolly. Mm. Like this is a very small show. It's just Thank chairs God. and a turntable. I know I lightly mentioned it last week, but I'm not really a fan of shows that have the band on stage because it takes me out of it, especially when the drummer is hot and I can't stop looking. <laughs> I didn't know hot drummers were a thing. Oh, hell yes. It's the arms, dude. Come on. Oh, I just... What are you talking about? Okay. Just because you've got skinny, runty arms like me? Wow, that's not even fucking true. My arms... That's not true. That is not that's true. That's really not true. Anyways... <laughs> Like, and I'll see it again when it opens in Melbourne, but then I'm done with it. Mm, okay. And I also didn't know what it was about when I first listened to it. I actually thought, going into it, I thought it was about immigrants in New York, which I thought, okay, it's called Come From Away. So it's probably about a whole bunch of people from around the world that come to New York or whatever. I don't know. So there'll probably be some really interesting music in it or some really interesting characters. So I really had no idea. Yeah. And as I say, once those planes started landing, my body started going cold. And they said the September 11 thing mm. and my hairs all stood on end and the tears came and it's, yeah, I was yeah. swept up in it. A really pathetic situation. It really was. And then just <laughs> anybody who would listen to me, I was like, you've got to listen to this show. And, but you know, two yeah. people did and they both cried and that was good. They, I made two people cry and that made me feel good. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm, I'm proud of you. It made me think when I went to New York, we went to we went to Ground Zero and I didn't really want to go because I didn't want to be that tourist. I don't want to yeah, be I can, the, Yeah, I can get that. Yeah. But it was and there was, you know, and there was people there taking selfies and all this sort of shit. And I said, like, I'm just gonna oh, ignore them. Gross. But you stand there and this is amazing monument and this is water falling and it's designed so that the noise of the water just cuts out all the sound of New York, which is a feat in itself. And there's the names of all the people that lost their lives there. And it's quite an amazing place. And I just I just had a little quiet moment out of respect and that sort of thing. And this and this show listening to that, it, it kind of brought all that back again. And and I was and I've spoken to people in New York when we were around and you know saying, you know, where have you been? What are you doing? And I was, you know, we said, okay, we didn't go to the museum, but we did go to Ground Zero and there's there was a few people that said, look, I've never been there because I was here when it happened. I didn't, I'm just, I can't do it. I was working, you know, at the shoe shop down there when it all, when it all went to hell. So, but it's, it's actually really quite, it's quite well done, you know, for what it is because it, it could have been fucking Disneyland, let's face it. You know, it really, it really could have. But it's been done quite well. And this Come From yeah. Away is done yeah, so exactly. absolutely brilliantly. And I didn't think I would say that ever. And I think you've, you've unfortunately, you've you've peaked too soon with your musical. Oh, no. Cause it, no, I've got more tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I'm not going to get, I won't be getting sucked in again. Oh, yeah. Um, also, they've got drums. they got drums and guitar. And I love that. I love the fact that there's, there's, a, there's a small band and it's a, you know, it's more of a, it's more of a, a modern, it's not all strings and, you know. No, and, and they also get their moment during the show. They come yeah. out during the, the heave away. The fiddle player comes out and jumps up on a chair. I love a bit of that. See, and the yeah. ugly stick. They call them the drunkest people in the room. That's the band and that doesn't surprise me. That is pretty much par for the course when, yeah. you're, when you're playing pubs and, and clubs. So, yeah. And another person so important to this story is Beverly Bass. Yes. You can't leave her out. Well, I didn't want to go through everyone, but yes. 
She's amazing. She was the first female jet pilot, I think it was. See, that in itself, when they- Was a jet pilot or airliner? Um, oh. airline, maybe commercial. Commercial first, airline, yeah. Commercial airline pilot. And she was the first one to have an all-female crew on American Airlines. They put that in there as well. And that was just blowing my mind because I didn't know- Look, I didn't really know this story anyway- but then I didn't know that that was yeah. a thing as well. That was very, very cool. And and she tells the story about how she became and what she overcame to become a, a captain of a, you know, of a commercial. Really, really cool. Very cool. And that was so well done that they've, because it was true as well, but they fit that into the whole story so seamlessly. And it was just, it was fantastic. And especially, yeah, working for that airline, those were her cohorts in, involved in this. Mm. Yeah. And and they were and they they actually go through that and it's like, you know, oh I don't know and she's saying I don't know anyone from that from that airline or from that flight and they're talking about you know the plane that hit the Pentagon and and that sort of thing. So there's yeah. one line in that song that she sings, "Me in the Sky," that I've been in two minds about since I first heard it, yeah. and that's um the one thing I love more than anything was used as the bomb. Yes, because she's singing about her love of planes, and that really that was yeah. That's what was yeah. used. Isn't that such a hard hitting line? Because it is. You want her to. You want to turn around and say, like, how selfish. Mm. It's not about you, but I totally get it mm. because mm. you have so much love and to love your whole life to something, and you stand by that something, and then it gets used by somebody for evil, and she's torn. Yep. It's her being torn. We don't need to be torn as audience members, but I still am torn, aren't I? Yeah. Is it selfish? Is it not selfish? Yeah, but it really is such a realistic way of looking at it that, yeah. And she became someone from this. She made worldwide news for her all-female mm. crew. So she was a pioneer in that respect in, in the uh, commercial airline field. Not necessarily the adventure airlines. That's Amelia Earhart, wherever she is these days. But No, they did a hell of a job. All right. Well, I'm giving it. I'm giving it five out of five. Oh, well done. I agree. Yeah. It's the only musical, only show I've ever stood up for at the end oh. only musical i've ever unless well, you know my friends were in it well just being dickheads but but the whole audience stood up um a little bit structured That's fantastic but yeah and so they should have the cast sang the shit out of that they really did but um yes i'm very proud of you hey yeah, awesome and now here we go to an ad break we'll be back in a moment Hey there, it's time to get popped on culture, the official puzzle hub pop quiz podcast. And welcome to game number five. I'm your new host, Matt Young. And for today's special theme, we're going to test your knowledge on musical groups, including bands, boy bands, girl groups, and vocal ensembles. Play against your friends or the clock and see how you go. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Game one, songs in the key of words. I'm going to give you three key words that appear within eight different songs. Pretty simple. If you guess the song correctly on the first keyword, give yourself three points. If you guess it on the second, give yourself two points, which of course means give yourself one for guessing it on the third and final keyword. So let's see how you go. Ready? First clue. Fantasy. Landslide. Reality. That was Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Second clue. Lights. Carrie. Home. Of course, that's all the small things by Blink-182. Next up, 
Valentino, Crystal, Italian. That's right, it was Manic Monday by the Bangles. I was kissing Valentino by a crystal blue Italian stream. Alrighty, fourth, picked, bunch, glance. I want you back by the Jackson 5. How are you going so far? Next up, lady, glitters, buying. The Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Lonely, gazing, window. That one was a little bit hard for me, but that was Waterfalls by TLC. Here's our seventh clue. Walked, smile, cool. Of course, that was Stop by Spice Girls. And lastly, honey, bees, envy. My girl by the temptations. And time's up. How did you go in that round? And be sure to check out our other shows on the Bloop Network, especially Thrash and Treasure, where you'll hear incredible interviews with genuine icons of stage and screen. So until the next game, I've been Matt, you've been Popped on Culture, and I shall see you next time. See ya! And no, we haven't peaked yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That surprised me. So there we go. It was a low blow. To go from brain tumors to 9-11, <laughs> what's next week? AIDS? And I'm... St- I, well, I was I was sitting there, and what are we what are we getting ne- next? You know, it's like what what's the next horrible tragedy that they've turned into a into a musical that's going to land on my desk? But isn't that what metal and musicals have in common that they turn the tragic into the musical? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of tragic. Speaking of tragic, is this a segue into? Um, that was a segue into the metal into Amaranthi. Is that how you pronounce her name? I th- look, I think so. I don't know. They're from Sweden. I can't speak Swedish. Amaranth is so. a plant, mate. Is it really? It's a flower. That's that's interesting because one of my favorite bands in the 80s is called Crocus, and I thought it was the coolest name ever. And then my mum turned around and go, you know, that's a flower. She doesn't talk like that, but that's the voice I heard in my head. And I'm like, shut up, mum. It's still cool. She goes, you've got a flower on your shirt. Shut up, mum. Good on you. Yeah, no, it's a plant. So- <laughs> okay. Is it, a, is it like a flesh-eating plant that? It's got spikes and shit. So it's not a cool it's That's not a cool not a plant. cool plant. No, it doesn't eat people. Sorry. Damn, it's not, not a Trifford. There's uh oh, name's already name's already been taken. It's not an Audrey two. Audrey two? Okay. We speak different languages. Little shop of horrors. Oh it's a Trifford. Don't go there. I hate that show. <laughs> Why do you hate that show? I hate it. I hate it. I went as I, w- I got dragged to that. Oh, it's also a girl's name. In the movies and Anyway, we're gonna. I'll, I'll save that for another time. I don't know if you will. Oh, maybe there's not an E on the oh. end. A plant of a chiefly tropical family whose that includes love flies bleeding. It's banned. Well, it's banned in the U.S. because it's a huh, dye. Right. It gives cherries. It gives what cherries their color? Ah. Okay. okay, I'm confused. But anyways, we've learned something today. 
I knew it was a flower or a plant or something because it had come up when I was doing my research. So, are we ready for my glowing review? I am bra- I am braced and and I'm I'm ready. There's no personal attacks this week <laughs> on you for a change. Okay. Don't hold back. I'm not going to. <laughs> when I first saw the cover of Amaranthe's sixth album, Manifest, I saw the logo for Ark, Survival Evolved, and said, oh, yay, I love that game. So I fired up the game on the Xbox and forgot to listen to the record. While I was breeding two parasaural officers, I remembered the album, so I put on the Spotify, and you can only imagine my disappointment to realise that I have used up my one Blumhouse joke this season upon seeing the 2020 incarnation of the Volturi. Twilight joke alert. So I pressed play and went back to my game. But in that time, my baby parasaur died of starvation, and I was really bummed out because it had a mutated bright red colour region. So I bred another egg in my sadness. The music played over the prehistoric images, but I was far too immersed in orchestrating my barnyard of humping dinosaurs. Even my unicorns were horned up. Mm. After a while, and about 200 eggs, I noticed it had suddenly turned silent. I had completely absorbed myself in dino albumen and not the given album. So I put the CD on again and decided to mindlessly fly around on my Pteranodon while I listened. With the first track, Fearless, I was instantly transported from the Crystal Isles map to an 80s workout montage. Is this what you kids call power metal? I could almost see Jean-Claude Van Damme going bicep to bicep with Dolph Lundgren against a gang of unruly criminals in late 80s New York. During the next few tracks, my kitty cat Anya came and sat on my knee, but I wasn't able to fly properly because she started biting my fingers because how dare I not be giving her scratches and cuddles. Seriously, I don't know how women do it. I just can't get any work done with a pussy in my lap. (laughs) So I put the controller down and watched my dino bird hover over the swamps. During the next few songs, which could only be described as songs, (laughs) I was staring at my character ride the dino in midair. Stationary? Wings flapping wildly to the radio-friendly metal blasting through my speakers. I could hear the influences from all areas, and Elise Ride's voice often reminded me of Delta Goodrum, and this is a compliment. Anyway, eventually the song Beat One came on, and then my game crashed while I was mid-air. Oh, Jesus. So with a dry mouth, shaky hands, and a streak of panic coursing through my veins, I went back into the game, praying that the last save hadn't worked, and I'd respawn in a safe spot. But my prayers went unanswered thanks to the devil music drowning my bedroom. (laughs) When I respawned not far from the swamps, I almost immediately found my pteranodon hovering mid-air still with me on the ground, wingless. By this point, the record had started up again, and I was met with the 80s power ballad Fearless again. So, knowing vaguely where I am on this brand new map, I let the music be my guide and ran. Boy, did I run. As fast as I could, but even then I still died five times, which by ARC standards is actually pretty good. And whilst I wholeheartedly blame Amaranthe for leaving me stranded in the swamp, naked, afraid, and weaponless, I did often enjoy the vocals of Elise Ride, but the rest of the band, led by Draco Malfoy, had me eaten by a spinosaur. Then not long after that, I was chased, cornered, then carelessly consumed by a trio of raptors only to respawn right next to a giant crocodile, 
which thankfully decided to stop attacking the giant purple frog in order to attack little old me. I could have respawned back at base, any one of my four bases, at any stage after dying, but I was so damn distracted by Elisa's vocals that I just didn't think of that now, did I? Sheesh. Anyways, five days later, I still don't have my dinosaur back. Wow. Two stars. I don't think I've ever heard an album review about an Xbox game before. Oh, okay. Well, that's odd. <laughs> that's literally the first thing I thought when I saw the album cover was Ark. So, all right, I'm going to put on Ark. Oh, my God. It is not it's about how shit you are at video that games. That music crushed my game. <laughs> it The music crashed my game. But I tell you what, I watched their video clips, oh, some of them, yes. from this album. I think with um, COVID, perhaps the production values were down a little bit. Wow. Okay. Now, I want to know, and I don't mean any offense or disrespect mm. out there, I say with a slight wink, oh, what the God. fuck is with this modern day headbanging, or are they just too old for it now? <laughs> I did like the Drake Malfoy for um, Olof, the guitarist, who's in um, another Swedish, or he's in a power metal band called Dragonland. They're very good. These guys, they're a bit out there. They are. They're very theatrical. They are very theatrical. But what's with that headbanging? That leaning forward. They're not headbanging. They're drying their hair. It's it's just, well, because the Cairo bills. Oh, yeah, I get that. When you get older and smarter, you just back off on the whiplash. But it just so then... looks so middle-aged. <laughs> it's like your parents headbanging. Like, Elise Wright is beautiful. I, I'm in love with her. Mm, she's gorgeous. Back off, Herbert. No wonder you picked them. <laughs> I, th- now she's not the one I thought you would you would fall in love with, but there you go. Um, excuse me, like now I've forgotten his name, Bob. <laughs> Bob, someone said once in a comment, mm. Ginger Rogers can do exactly what Fred Astaire does, but backwards and in heels. So why wouldn't I love what Elise Wright does? She's gorgeous. She's talented. And you know yes. what? I actually watched an acoustic performance of hers. Oh wow! From last okay. year, just to properly hear them sing, and it was her and Nils. I think mm-hmm. the unclean singer. Did I use that term right? You did use that term right. And yeah. Draco, obviously. Hey. So Draco's the guitarist, yeah. Is there the Draco yeah. or Mork? Or the Volturi. But I didn't think you'd get a Twilight <laughs> joke. I, I did not get a Twilight joke. Oh, well, that's a shame. Twilight is a joke. Yeah, what a shame. Team Harry Potter. Yeah. But they're, they're, look, the reason I chose these guys for you is they're a little bit unique and they have three vocalists. Yes. He's got a good voice too. Yes. I haven't looked into their older stuff, but Jake Lungberg or Jake Well, Jakey, yeah. Jakey. Yep. I didn't look into, obviously, because you're giving me this particular album and mm. and I read that it was their newest singer. But yeah, those two, they could do theatre. Yeah. And I didn't get that yep. from the album, from the tape. I got it from the acoustic performance because I could actually hear them sing. Yeah, okay. And look, I didn't hate them. I've not really hated yep. any of the bands you've given me. You're the only person who's hated anything so far. I'm just a bitch. I'm just going to be sassy because this is my sense of humor. I can't help it. But I still will find the positives uh, in things. And the positives here, that they are very, very talented. Yes. The singer's very much so. Much better than the last band, hmm. which given me three bands in a row, starting with A. That's not a conscious decision. You're causing trouble there because I'm a moron. And I nearly kept saying Avatar <laughs> through that whole review. And then the last week, I wanted to say the band before. I can't even remember because I want to say Amaranthi. Alien Weaponry. Um, Alien Weaponry, yes. that's right. But I, but I thought they were suitably dissimilar that you would 
not get stuck on them. Yeah, but the video clips were a little mm. bit similar yeah. across the board. But as I say, Alien Weaponry, their production values were highlighted even more by what I saw from Amaranthi. Yeah, okay. I always thought they yeah, th- look, they have a certain look about it. It's almost that... Um, B-grade? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 sort of it's a little bit it's a little bit medieval cosplay crossovery, you know. Let's just do. It was a little bit goosebumps the TV series, but like that '90s genre TV with those mm. with the way the camera was. But even then, you could just tell when someone is using good quality equipment, and you know, and that's why I say though that that those videos might have been affected by COVID. Look, I think almost definitely because it, it's only just recently come out and the videos were yeah. all released this year. So I don't blame them for that, but I do have some jokes. Mm. Believe it or not, I actually wrote some jokes. Oh. Six of them. I was going to do a track by track, but I got through six of them, but I stopped. Yeah, there's, and there's, what is there, 12 on there, I think. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if we need a joke for every track. Well, you get six of them. Okay. Fearless. Yes. You'd have to be fearless to release a song like mm. that. Make it better. I wish they would. <laughs> oh, actually, no, this isn't a joke, but scream my name. I could totally hear that at Eurovision. Yes, I get that. But when viral yeah. started, I reached for the penicillin. Oh. Although, no. to be fair, it was a rather catchy song. As catchy as herpes, but still catchy. Adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline had me longing for a sedative. Was that written or did you just add lib that line? No, it was written. I just delivered it well. Oh, okay. All right. You're right. Oh, finally. Strong. Yeah, strong like an Olsen twin. But that was almost mm. Delta good for me. I think Delta's got a nice voice. So, Also, I started watching some concerts of theirs, but poor quality of people's mm. phones and home videos. I didn't get through yeah. much. I couldn't really hear much. But I think she's really, really talented. And, and I'd love to work with her on something one day. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And... She's only like six months mm. older than me, so so she could totally marry me. Yeah, not you. So, huh? Well, no, she we should, so well, she can't marry stick me. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm I'm not I'm not. No, you'd be the old sugar daddy. Gross. For I'm, for, <laughs> I'm not that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not up for getting married. So we're putting a line through that. No, well, yeah, and she's all mine then. She's back off. She. <laughs> yeah, she's lucky she's not a drummer because there's my weak spot. Yes. Oh, maybe she can play the drums. We'll f- one day we'll find out. But it's all look. It's it's written in their their kind of three minute really radio friendly songs. I know they're getting lots. I of... mentioned that, didn't I? Radio yeah. friendly. I could Nailed hear that. It. Yeah, and I actually said in the when I reviewed this album, and I said if I was a bit un unkind to F people who program FM radio music, and I said you know if they had a clue, basically they would be playing the crap out of this band. But in in Europe, yep, they're all over it, and they're they're getting a lot of play on FM rock radio, which so they should. Well, she deserves a lot of play. Mm. I don't know about the boys, but the, sorry, fellas, she... it's all about the divas for me. As it's I say, Ginger Rogers backwards in heels. Apparently, there's you know five other guys in the band, but let's just talk about let's talk about the ladies. So the the unclean vocals of of Hendrick. How did you how did you tackle them? Oh, every time I needed a soother. It's like a sympathetic pregnancy. I tell you, <laughs> listening to their acoustic versions, you can actually hear a song. Right. And I like interpretations, anyways. I don't like it when the cover is exactly the same. I, I like you know mm. spice mm. it up. Yep. And this is one reason why I like Kelly Clarkson. I can hear your eyes rolling from here. But she does a lot of live performances where she'll change up her pop hits. And maybe mm. do an acoustic version and stuff like that. And I don't see that from a lot of the other singers out there. 
that are still just lip syncing to their tracks, mm. which, okay, they're dancing. That's why I like the artists that I do like. They show me that they've got that range yeah. and curiosity, and they've also got an artistic eye and interpretive eye to their own stuff and not afraid to change things up. So, yeah, I, I, I liked that, mm-hmm. but not a fan of the screaming. The rah rah rahs. Not a fan of the screaming. Hurts my throat. Yeah, as I said, I, I'm not a, a huge fan of the vocal style, but I think it's used sparingly enough. And they're quite unique in the fact they've got three vocalists. I I think they could just get away with two. They could do they could do Elise and Hendrick and sorry, Nils. Sorry, mate. Don't need you. But you know, and that's that but then two vocalists, well, they've got three. So that's that's kind of their their point of difference. Yeah, and that's and I sort of like that. It's like that what band? Um B-52s, where you got like both mm. Cindy and Kate, and you can hear the distinct difference between the two of them. Yes. Sort of like that. I, I like yep. that. But obviously, this yep. time you can, because one guy's rah, 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 and the other guy's actually mm. singing, and the other person singing is female. And I'll tell you what, she would have given the band an extra half a point, mm. and would have given them two and a half, if they didn't crash my game with their devil music. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, <laughs> crashing the game with the devil music. But look, I, again, I can see... I can see their talent. So, yep. And that's most important because if I was questioning how they've gotten to this point in their careers, then I would be worried. <laughs> yeah. Because there are people yeah. out there that I question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, anyways. Hello, hello, Eurovision. Yeah, I'd like to see my Eurovision. I might even vote for them. We yeah, haven't had good metal in a while there. Haven't had good metal at all. What did we have last anyway. year? We had Lordy one year. Ouch! Why? Yeah, no. Oh, they were they were okay. I mean, they yeah. Had they not gone on Eurovision, they would have just faded to obscurity. Well, oh wait, they did. That's not true because the Hobbit movies came out a few years later, so they would have got a gig on that. <laughs> yes, indeed. But they'll forever go down in history as one of the oh, they yeah, as one of the worst Eurovision <laughs> acts. One of the best for being the worst, also. And that's why I watch it. One of the best for being the worst. Yeah. That's why I love all that sort of stuff. Crazy bands like this that maybe perform like they're middle-aged, but look, I've, I've got a bad back too. So I understand. <laughs> Don't worry. We're the same age. So we're probably like, you know, I had my punk days of being in slam pits. See? So I know, I know what it's like. You need to. Like, and I suffer from it today. Injuries and... <laughs> but I also know that headbanging is done at the neck. You're not moving yeah. forward like you're drying your hair. <laughs> So that was a little bit weird. So I was like, oh, because I wanted to see her fully go at it. Uh, and any hunty who does a metal song in a cocktail dress and pumps or high heels, hello, yes, girlfriend. Mm. I'm only paying attention to her. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, boys, but cut your hair. Get a haircut. Maybe then <laughs> I'll pay haircut, attention. Then you have an excuse not not to headbang. Don't get out of here, long hair. Yeah, and sorry, Olaf. Every time yeah. I saw him, I couldn't help but think, my father's going to hear about this Potter. Can't <laughs> help it. Uh, yes. And I know. Look, mm. in the punk scene, we hated it. Oh my god, it's in the mainstream. Oh, they're sold out, and blah blah blah. And it's not as if people don't have bills to pay. So you know, people do need to kind of sell things and sell out eventually. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of the times when it's the same with musicals. The difference between last week and this week, two single act shows, two story driven songs, deep and meaningful there. And there's a bit of um like last week had a bit of um Calypso and had some ballads in there. It had mm. a little mix of genres a little bit. Whereas this mm. week it was very much as you said, sort of very folky. But these things they risk becoming very um esoteric, mm. very niche market. And it's mm. the same with metal. 
It's also the same with punk, really anything out there. If there wasn't their rah 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 rahs and that real heavy music, they could cross over because they've got good voices. Oh, also, oh, and Pine and Sankoff need to hear this and need to do a sequel to Come From Away and call it Stand Back Away. Wow, I see what you did there. Yes, very good. I think they could, look, if anyone could do it, I think they could do it. It would work. They could do yeah. it, yeah. And, and look, people have been stranded at airports and I have a friend. Oh, there's still, there's about 38,000 still stranded, I think. And they're just Australians. Yeah, think about it. My friend Akash from Mauritius was stranded on the ocean for five months because the Mauritian government kept milking the cruise companies for all they were worth and kept getting more money. Oh, yeah. And promising Mm. to bring them home, but they wouldn't. And so the cruise ship Mm. crews from Mauritius were stuck. So all the other people, the captains and, and all that, they had to stay there for the Mauritian crew. Like stuff like that would make a great sequel yep. or a follow-up, a spiritual sequel. I think anyways, mm. people trapped at airports and all that. Like they, the, the Terminal was a movie. Anyways, so mm. for next week, I thought I would pick a horror musical for you since the horrors of 9-11 weren't bad enough. That's an awful <laughs> joke. I am going to hell. That's terrible. And it's, I don't think it was supposed to scare me, but anyway... I mean, I don't think it's offensive, but then again, I'm the one who said it, so. But what I've picked, I've picked something that actually has met the intersection between musical theatre and metal, and actually has been done in a metal version, apparently. yes. But that is not your task. I'm not making it that easy for you. Ah. I'm actually making it a little bit harder for you, because you've got a comparison to make this week, because this show was done originally with a full orchestra, maybe 22 instruments, And then it was revived with much less, something like eight instruments, which the cast played on stage. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm down with that. So the original Broadway cast first with 22 or so Mm -hmm. instruments. And of course, we listened to these albums multiple times. So you can alternate with the 2005 revival. And you're going to get a very different sound across the two. And it's a little Sondheim musical called Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Right. It's very bloody. Mm. Angela Lansbury, Murder She Baked. <laughs> and she is wonderful. She's absolutely brilliant. So the original Broadway, but also the 2005-2006 Broadway revival, which, as I say, had eight, nine, ten instruments. So it cut out a lot of them. That's a very different sound. Okay. It's a good comparison to make in terms of interpretation and hearing the music, just like I did with Amaranthi when I listened to the acoustic versions. Right. That's what inspired that choice this time around. So, Okay. It's the same musical, just a different sound. So lay it on me. All right. So send me the links on that. Speaking of, I've stayed, I've stayed in Europe and there's a little band and they're not around anymore because they literally just split up. It is, the band is called Lindemann and Lindemann has Till Lindemann, from, who's the lead singer of Rammstein. Oh, okay. I know them. Du, du hast, du hast mich, du hast mich, du Franz. That's all I know. And the other one is European producer extraordinaire, Peter. And I always get his last name wrong because it's insanely hard to pronounce if you're, you know, not Swedish. But I think it's pronounced Tautgren. And I'm going to go with that because that's what I normally say. And the band is called Lindemann. And the album is called FNN. A-L-I-N-D-E-M-A-N-N. No, L-I-N. No, there's no A. Lind- Lindemann. And yeah, it's just an L. Um, and the album's FNM. 
and it came out last year. So why am I writing it down? You're going to send me the link anyways. I'm going to send you the link anyway, and you're going to send me the Sweeney Todd. I'm going to tell you something about Sweeney Todd because I haven't seen the Angela Lansbury yep. one that you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure I saw who who did the movie Tim Burton and Johnny Depp. I saw the Tim Burton movie. Oh, did you? Oh, I should have picked something else then. No, that's okay because I saw the movie, and after that. I always got a little bit nervous in the hairdresser's chair when they, you know, when they get the old straight razor out and shave the back of your neck. And I'm just sitting there going, I'm I'm one slice away from ending up in a pie, you know, with this lovely hairdresser who's just telling me about her boyfriend. But, you know. They cut heaps out of the movie anyway. Yeah, so okay. Christopher Lee was supposed to be with her, along with Anthony Stewart Head, Jilly's from Buffy. So he pops up again. Oh, he pops up The again. two of them were meant to be balladeer ghosts. Yeah. But in the end, Anthony Stewart had just had a cameo or something. He popped in and said, hi, there is actually a filmed version of this, a pro shot. So you can see Murder, She Baked in action. She's, as I say, deranged and brilliant in this part. Murder, She Baked. Okay. Yep. I will um, Will send me the link and I will look it up. And yes. Oh, look, having said I've seen the movie, it, it was a long time ago and I don't remember much about it apart from I didn't want to die getting a haircut. And on that note, we should say goodbye for today. Auf Wiedersehen. And we'll come back with Sweeney Todd and, and Linderman in the next episode four. Alrighty, looking forward okay, to it, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyways, do we have anything to plug before we go? We can we can plug the Twitters. Yeah. So we're, we're Thrash N Treasure on the Twitters. And where we tweet about, well, actually, you take the piss out of me. Occasionally. Occasionally, so if people follow that, occasionally the uh, the thrash. It's and not personal; it's just thrash and treasure on the Twitters. You will see if there's a bitchy tweet about me. It's usually Aaron. It's not me talking to myself. I'll start marking what's written by me <laughs> with an A. A W. A for Aaron or B for bitch. A W. Yep. Check out Get Popped on Culture, uh, the Protestant Tales. Yes, we will be back. And anyways, that's it from us. You take care. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you next time. Hey, right. Ciao.